is this thing on? Hello, hi, okay, awesome. Um, hi everyone, I'm Tyler. This is my first podcast here. Um, I'm not a regular contributor, so thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate taking this nice Sunday evening um, and having a little time to chat, a little meditative, reflective moment for me um, and for you whenever you listen to this. I hope you enjoy. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to talk about today, but um, we can just get caught up on life and talk about some different things. Um, I lit a blue throat chakra candle for this just to channel some of that um, passion and that energy into my voice, into helping me speak clearly and making sure everything I say makes sense because my thoughts can get really jambled sometimes. But, um, you know, just play this while you're studying, cleaning, grab a snack and just chill and sit and listen to me, whatever you want to do. It's all good. But I guess I'm going to get started. I did make a little list on the notes app. You know how I feel about the notes app. Um, Or maybe you don't and that's really vague, but you know how I feel about the notes app. The girls, the poetry, the girls be using it for poetry. Uh, but I just I just jotted a little list of stuff. And the first thing I wrote down was Zodiac stuff. Because if you know me, you probably know that I love studying astrology. And since I was in middle school, I've had a really deep fascination with like the stars and the signs and the charts and the elements of the Western Zodiac. Um, recently, I have been learning more about um, Eastern zodiacs i have known a little bit about the chinese new year and those animals on the wheel but also um vedic astrology that's originated in india and um just different ways to measure degrees and different like planet systems and different ways of charting it's all very cool and i'm definitely not an expert on those but i'm way more well versed in western astrology Um, which I do really enjoy like thinking about alluding to in everyday life or just drawing associations and connections because having some form of analysis to make sense of people and make sense of the world, it can be like a really healing thing for some people. And I don't always like to point to astrology as like something to make excuses for someone's actions or to like explain something as like, one side of a person's personality or like one aspect of something because it's never that simple um and you always have to think of like the context of who a person is but it's funny when you see little connections between signs and so i do like to study it um and i was thinking of making a tiktok at one point like with like funny astrology things but i never feel like putting the effort in (laughs) to those because i feel like they don't mine don't really get that much hype anyway so it's fine um but with zodiacs i was thinking about the moon i'm staring at the moon right now um i'm such a sapphic but it is in the first quarter so the moon is waxing and it's currently under the sign of cancer so the moon is at home right now she's resting and she's comfortable and she is nurturing as she does best she's trying to soothe our souls a little bit which i think is great as at this current time we have a little break from school and hopefully you guys don't have too much homework 
I know I don't, but I'm a second semester senior. Not that all the classes have like felt like a ton of like the workload has been decreased and I'm definitely not cruising uh, at this point. But anyways, the moon is looking out for us and the moon is mothering, which she does best. So it's lovely to have her joining me for this podcast show. Um, but anyways, I think that the moon sign is really cool because it definitely talks more so about emotions and the heart and the soul of a person rather than just like the ego or the persona more so reflected by the sun sign even though that's a more popular one for people to go by i think that the moon sign because emotional connection is something that is very lacking right now for a lot of people with the pandemic or like that is just something that feels at times like unattainable or like an area of stress or frustration like how do we connect how do we find the ability to balance our relationships with those we care about and stuff like that and how do our personality traits and different parts of ourselves manifest into our like emotional connections i think that like in the context of now the moon sign is a really cool one to look at and to see how different people um behave and participate and interact based on their moon signs and there can also be some really random observations with the moon. Like, I was thinking about how some of the Scorpio moons that I know are, like, kind of bad at math. And, like, at first it's just one of those random things where, like, okay, so you know two Scorpio moons that don't really like math or that have frustrations with math, but then you can't really generalize it. But it does make a little bit of sense for the sign because... Scorpio moons, um, even though the moon is said to be in detriment when it's in Scorpio, it's one of those signs where you, like the individuals with Scorpio moons, they definitely think a lot, but they feel very deeply and they have difficulty um, at times perhaps rationalizing or separating those thoughts from their emotions. So the logic and reason of a subject field like math where everything is supposed to be concrete and there is only supposed to be one answer at the end, very convergent thinking, goes against the grain of their emotional flow process and their ability to have like many different emotions and many different um, sort of experiences or interpretations. And they like to look at things from more than one side and be very thorough. So having something like math is more frustrating for them because it's expected to use numbers, not even like words or intuitions, um, which is like a language that's more suited probably for like more mercurial or like even Saturn dominant people, I feel, would just be stronger with, you know, numbers and abstract symbols. Um, But yeah, just a random observation like that even can point to something more about a person and with your moon sign you can calculate it either like on a website like astro.com or you can look at a moon tables website with little charts of all of the moon signs from the year you were born and it's definitely accessible information on the internet if you know where you were born and when Um, and it's always sometimes it can be hard to find the exact minute of birth so 
it's not always fair, but I mean, if you're on the cusp between two signs, then I would say like more so choose intuitively, which you identify with um, when looking for your moon sign, because you don't always have that like data on hand about like your birth experience. So that's also why like not everyone has to be like has to identify with astrology that deeply because you know if your birth is something that's a more mysterious element of your life like if you were adopted or if you just don't have those papers with you like it's okay to not know the exact science of how you got here what matters is you got here and you're living and vibing um but if you have the information like it's definitely a cool thing to look into and i've definitely learned a lot about myself through astrology um and so yeah i'd say that recently i've had a little bit of an addiction to like incorporating it into conversations or just thinking about it so much but i try and do that less now because a lot of it just doesn't matter and i guess it does matter and it does have meaning because i've abided by or you know sort of signed on to this agreement that a lot of these things do have meaning but at the same time so much is universal and so much is vague but also so much is so individual that we can't necessarily generalize but when we do generalize we somehow spiral into including everyone so it becomes something where everything is everything and nothing all at once and it doesn't necessarily matter what your sign is you're just having this experience in ways that are similar and different to how other people are having this experience and we have compatibilities and incompatibilities based off of the lessons that we teach each other and it's really beautiful to have that growth and to have things to point to to sort of chart where we are and who we are like with the signs but we can't get caught up in those minute details of who a person may be and we can't limit ourselves to who we choose to let into our lives or interact with because of things that are pretty arbitrary like astrology and like planetary signs and placements so even though i love astrology and i think it's super useful and i wrote some college essays about it um and that's pretty much worked out for me so far i think that it's one of those things that can't really govern your life and how you look at life experiences and other people it's definitely cool to see connections and like make analytical personal um statements or draw personal conclusions but not to generalize and not to let it change your um social landscape too much i just had a little bit of deja vu wow but um with not letting it change your social landscape too much that's not to say that i'm not manifesting a taurus best friend for college um i never said i didn't want a friend group full of um air signs and hmm i don't know what signs i'd also want to be friends with definitely sagittarius definitely taurus um definitely virgos and gemini's too because i always hit it off maybe like one scorpio i think my college friend group can have a token scorpio that we dote on um that's kind of like our lily or ani now shout out guys um and shout out julia i don't know you that well but if you're listening, hi, and I hope that you're someone's beloved token Scorpio at Choate. Um, very cool. 
Anyways, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention people that we know in these. Like, I don't really know the rules, but I think this is a safe space. Um, and then, yeah. Speaking of zodiac signs, I'm a Cancer. I haven't really mentioned that during this, but um, my Cancer is Sun, and my Leo is Moon. Is a line off of Lana Del Rey's new album Chemtrails Over the Country Club. That was a smooth transition, wasn't it? Um, and with this new album that dropped March nineteenth, I think that it is beautiful. Um, this album. She's a Pisces. She's giving a little bit of born in the wrong generation, but she's also giving wisdom and hindsight and rawness. Um, yeah, she's really raw and she's very true to herself and genuine. And I think that Lana working with Jack Antonoff is just the most beautiful combination because with Norman Rockwell, her studio album from 2019, um, it was a great production, and it was the first time that they worked together, and I think following Lust for Life, you could tell that Lana was having a little bit of trouble with finding direction in her work. Like There was a lot of diversity on Lust for Life, and I don't think that it worked against her necessarily, but it wasn't the most cohesive project sonically, as we saw with Honeymoon, Born to Die, Ultraviolence. Like, you could tell when... like she really knew how to s stick to her guns with what she wanted to say and with lust for life it wasn't necessarily clear what she was saying there were a few bops still but some things and it's not that like there's anything wrong with being experimental as an artist it just wasn't the most genuine deep project in my opinion from her and what we were able to get from the past two years with Norman Rockwell and now Chemtrails, I think is just so beautiful. Because towards the end of Lust for Life, we got that a little with her songs like Change and Heroin. Um, and I really like Tomorrow Never Came off of that record. Um, and Cherry. Like, she's never made a bad song. Lana Del Rey has never released a bad song. So... You have to understand when I when I speak, I'm coming from a place where I believe that she is so talented and that artistically, she hasn't really made a misstep. There's things that are definitely better than others, but she has not like missed the mark with work she's put out, in my opinion. Um, it just depends on the day and what you're in the mood for from her. But um, as a person, I think her career is interesting too. Just a little side note, a little pocket of discussion. I think that Miss Lana, she has a way of just being misunderstood in the public eye, but then also self-sabotaging and creating a narrative for herself where she's a victim when she's not a victim, but also where like she's at the same time like this very earnest like modest it's tough to explain but I think that if you followed her career and 
the note that she posted in May against some of the top charting artists, particularly artists who were women of color in the industry, um, speaking out against them and criticizing them. I think that that was a really low blow for her and it was unnecessary and it was a tantrum. I don't think that for her it was about race, but I think she needed to read the room because it was around the time of everything with Black Lives Matter um, when the movement was gaining a lot more traction and there was just a lot more like death and harm to the Black community. And even though she did go to protests, like that's not enough if she's, you know, writing typewriter rants called Question for the Culture, um, bringing down the women of color in her industry when this was a time where people needed to be supported and uplifted. So that was a mixed signal, but I don't think that it means that she's necessarily like racist or against women, but the way that she paints herself definitely needs change and she needs a sort of revival well, not a revival, but just a chance for her to explain herself and explain her message and her opinions better because they keep getting twisted and she's saying that people are perceiving her the wrong way or that they're putting words in her mouth or creating false narratives. But she's never speaking out directly in opposition to a lot of things. Although recently she said that she wanted revenge on like Bizarre Magazine and that with her new album coming up, there would be some stuff about that. And with her, it feels like a lot of times maybe the progressivism is for promotion or for a business deal, which does get frustrating because then it's like, well, is she using the diversity for, you know, clout or to make the sale? And I think that Lana is a pretty genuine artist, genuine person. She writes all of her stuff and the lyrics and her vocals are so raw and beautiful that like, it's tough to think that she would be a hateful person, um, but she perhaps is, in fact, ignorant and blind to her privilege and blind to the nuance of a lot of social issues that she has addressed improperly or, like, had missteps with. And so I think that's something interesting to look out for her in terms of her career and her public image. And even with Chemtrails, the way that she describes perhaps her regret in entering the music industry on her opening track, White Dress, which is a beautiful song, by the way. TikTok can say what it wants, but it is an absolutely gorgeous song, in my opinion. And when she sort of regrets entering this world or considers what could have been if she didn't become... Lana Del Rey if she had just stayed Lizzie Grant and stuff. I think it even points to the fact that maybe she can't handle the heat she's getting now that she's in the kitchen and cooking with oil and saying things um, and misspeaking and having trouble handling perhaps like the publicity that's negative. Um, because, you know, when you're famous... Like, a lot of crap gets thrown at you when you're famous, and the artists of color that she bashed earlier, like, half half a year ago, I guess now, um, like, have definitely gotten a lot more backlash than she has. Like, there's only a few narratives that she can point to that the media has painted her 
uh, poorly in. And they're all very subjective things. And like, they're things that aren't really career ending or that, I guess some come for her character, but they're more critique of her art than of her personally. And I think that's the privilege that she gets um, being like a white middle or upper, upper middle class, like, woman in the industry that like she's seen as a person first and then people you know respect her for who she is but then they just you know will tear down her work or criticize her work and so I might edit this and just move on to something else because I have so many feelings about Lana Del Rey um it's a it's a really nuanced relationship for me personally because I found her in middle school and I've just loved her ever since. And she's one of those artists that you don't like stumble upon like often. Like she's so rare and special. And I think that her work is so impactful. Um, But it just, it's tough to see people that you want to win struggle. And it's tough to see people that you want to be on your side perhaps show true colors that aren't really on your side. And so I can't necessarily speak for her on how she feels about people of color. And I can't speak for her in terms of where her politics lay. But um, she has to do that for herself. So we'll see what she's saying coming up. Um, And yeah, with Jack Antonoff, buddy, I stan him. And I think that he needs to call up Lord and see what Miss Thing is doing, what Miss Girl is doing, because melodrama, I've gone through a really interesting wave, I've noticed, where personally, a lot of my life has connected to pure heroin and melodrama in this chronological order, Um, because throughout middle school, I really enjoyed pure heroin, Um, and then when melodrama hit, it was when I had graduated eighth grade, and I bought the album on iTunes. I'm like a very serious Spotify user, like strictly Spotify almost, but I have two albums on iTunes. I've bought Wiped Out and Melodrama and I have them downloaded and stuff. And so with Melodrama, I couldn't fully resonate with it when I was younger. Like a lot of the songs, it's not that I disliked them, but I just didn't empathize. Like I mostly enjoyed Perfect Places and hard feelings I did really like even when I was younger, but um, like green light and liability and stuff and like writer in the dark, I enjoyed like the sad ballads, but I didn't necessarily feel able to connect. Whereas now, I think like it's just way more clear to me what she was saying because I'm in a place in life where. I have been put in situations to feel perhaps how she felt, um, especially with liability. And I think that having Lord be like a little personal marker of my coming of age has been very cool. And I think um, it'll be great to see what she does next and see if that dictates a little bit of what college will be for me. But I think... I don't mind having that sort of melodrama energy in the earlier parts of college, but I want something for my 
emergence into adulthood that feels extra special instead of like the album I would have sort of recycled through high school. Um, same thing with SZA because, and Frank, it's all the Scorpios, honestly. Like these Scorpio artists, they make amazing work and then they go away and then they come back with little snippets of greatness um, or you hear a little bit of news about them and get excited, but they never make any promises, which is fine because their art speaks for themselves and they're truly genuine people. And you can tell that they put so much energy into it that it definitely takes a lot for them to channel what goes into their work and to make stuff that's like authentic and beautiful. So I do love that and I'm willing to wait. I'm patient. I don't know if Frank's coming back because I've heard stuff about him sort of retiring. And honestly, I want to be at peace with that, but I'm not yet. And then with SZA, we know that she's got music coming up. So I feel like that will be great for college because using control for like the next four years again, it just won't work for me because all of the songs will still sound amazing and I'll still love them but they would have been what I've been listening to since 2016. So it's like by the time it's 2025, nearly a decade of the same like 12 songs on control or 11 songs on control and then however many were on her first album that I don't remember the name of, but I do like her first album. I think like it'll just be exciting to have something that shows her growth and progress throughout life in tandem with my own um yeah and then back to frank like i was way more into blonde before channel orange so i do like having a like um i forget the word because we use it in ap lit to discuss when something's out out of like time order it's like, um, and I know the suffix, I mean, I know the prefix and the root too, but it's just like, it's root in reverse time for me, or it's not following that proper chronology. It's like an acronym, I think. That's probably not it, but that's okay. I can't think of the word, which makes me mad. But anyways, it's when, like, I found Blonde before Channel Orange, which is the opposite of the flow of his career. I think you get that. And I hope my voice isn't getting super monotone. I'm, I'm a little insecure now because I've just been like stuck on this thought, like a record just skipping over the same, the needle skipping over the same like ring of the vinyl. And I, I think Pyramids on Channel Orange is just so beautiful. And I think that also because a lot of, it's not that the lyrical content of Channel Orange is like way more mature than Blonde. It's just that I wasn't necessarily able to appreciate the like concept album essence of it when I was younger. Like I thought some of the singles were great, of course, but I didn't really get it. And it's not that you have to get it to enjoy something because that's one of those things where people get really pretentious and they're like, but do you know the meaning and do you know the backstory of how 
this person's brother's cousin's sister's dog inspired this track because of this one specific day where they did this one specific thing. And like, you don't have to know the artist's biography and you don't have to have all of the context to enjoy something. Um, but it's cool to just like understand where the artist is coming from a bit more. And with Blonde, I think it's so beautiful. And it was a cultural reset because I feel like there's a community of people who found that album in a similar window of time. And we all just feel really connected because we know what the words mean. And even if we know what they mean for different reasons, like we understand and we feel like we're able to heal and connect and just vibe for a lot of the same reasons. And so I think that that's one of those cool universal things about music. Um, I didn't plan to talk about music for this whole thing actually, but it's just one of those things that I love so much. And every time I complete a simple task, I have to have music on. So even when I've been getting up super early lately, because one of my current obsessions has been waking up at 5.30. I've only done it twice now, um, last Thursday and Friday, but doing it consistently really made me appreciate it because I would get up before everyone else in the dorm because um, I live on campus and then like the floor would be so quiet and it would still be super dark out. There wouldn't even be like sunlight or that blue color of the, of the sky like when you're going to the airport and you have to wake up early and then you kind of see the sunrise as you're like taking off and everything. And it just adds that level of anticipation and like the quiet before everything begins. And I'm someone who likes to have a little bit of control in my life or feel like I know what's going on before everything else. So I feel way more calm uh, going to school. Um when I'm awake earlier and when I can, you know, make sure that like I'm at a good stopping point with my homework or my research or whatever, and I can make a coffee, I can meditate or work out. Like it's just so enriching to me to create that space for myself because by the time it's evening, even when I'm waking up at like 7.30, I still feel drained and tired by the end of the day but I'm just like watching YouTube and or watching Netflix and not really doing anything constructive for myself so I prefer now to just like go to bed at those points in time and then actually do something with intention in the morning when I get up and it does feel really rewarding and like my day feels more energized because there's a sense of adrenaline that comes with getting up that early, at least now, while it's not still like fully flushed into my routine. And like, while my system doesn't necessarily have like that automatic clock that's like 5.30, you gotta get up. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. And I do miss going to the airport. So it's my little thing that's like, remember when you used to take morning flights and all that stuff? Um, so it is a good time. And, you know, I just play music while I do everything and I hum my little songs and it's super peaceful. Um, and then another thing about doing stuff with intention has really come up for me when it comes to fashion. Like, 
was just blowing out one of my candles, the green one. Um, another thing about intention for me is when it comes to fashion and clothing, because I've currently had a bit of an identity crisis when it comes to style. Like, I feel as though what I say matters more because people can't necessarily see my face and I can't connect or interact with as many people as I want on a daily basis. So what I say or what I wear has to say more for me or speak for me beyond just myself. At least I'm taking it that far in my head. I know not everyone is and it's not necessarily that deep to everybody, but it is to me because also with my journey of like healing and self-love, like feeling as though I can decorate myself or ornament myself and project a version of me that I'm proud of every day is something that's been really healing and just exciting to do rather than um, just throwing on whatever and just doing my best to hide myself or just make myself feel um, smaller or less significant. I like want to be myself and like be fully present and part of doing that for me is like looking how I want to look and you know having a little bit of control over how I'm perceived through you know being the version of myself that I want to be which is at the end of the day isn't just a version of myself it just is myself and it's who I am it's not like I'm playing a role to be myself and I think that's really the best way to have ended high school for me personally because there's a lot that I feel I missed out on but at least having lessons like that and having that sort of built-in knowledge or wisdom now when I go into college and being able to at least stand my ground and have people you know see me for who I am like take it or leave it is really powerful and I think it makes people like you more because it helps you be self-aware And it's not like being yourself is about like how people like you and how people perceive you. Um, But if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, then that's going to reflect in your relationships with others. So if you do feel as though you've been experiencing tension um, in your friendships, your personal relationships, your family, um, etc. And like I'm by no means a therapist or a counselor, so... You don't have to go by anything I say, but if you've been experiencing tension with those around you, I definitely recommend taking time to yourself to reflect and just stepping away from the people or the situations that bring about that frustration or that conflict or that moment of like, what is going on at this point? Like, I don't recognize or I don't even know how we got here. Like, step away and be with yourself and definitely nurture yourself and figure out where you're lacking in taking care of yourself or where you're not necessarily fulfilling what you need to fulfill within. Um, And that can definitely help you in terms of arriving to those relationships and showing up as the person that you want to be for yourself and also for those around you. Um, And I think that's a really powerful thing. Um, Where was I before that? Oh, I was talking about fashion a little bit. Yeah, and honestly, not every day is a hit for me. I made an Instagram account to keep track of what I wear every day because I was bored and I figured, 
you know, maybe if I'm famous one day, like people will revisit this account and they'll be like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool and more people will do it. But it's nice to have a diary and just see myself as I am and just vibe. I like social media is like a diary. I think it's cool to use it like a MySpace kid or a scene kid where I'm just online posting those updates about my feelings. And it's not like an influencer does for money. And it's fine if you do want to make money off of social media, but for me, it's just more of like a public journal. And I think that's so cool because it's one of those little, you know, human fingerprints of I was here and this is what I did and these are the people I hung out with. And it just feels very teenagery um, and super swag. But with clothing, I don't always know what I want to buy because I don't know how I want to be perceived, which is how we got on this whole conversation of like self and awareness. Um, But like, I'm all over the place. And what's really frustrated me is this whole concept of aesthetics and having to like belong to an aesthetic or a few. And I don't even like necessarily the names or the labels of them. And I feel like they're all outdated anyway because no one's really doing anything new. And if they are doing something that's quote-unquote new, I'm using air quotes, you can't see them. It's just like repackaged stuff that's blended with a few things from before. And so I wish people wouldn't get caught up on labels because I feel like it looks really silly if you're wearing like the same thing every single day just to fit into an aesthetic i mean if it makes you happy do it i'm not here to tell you how to live your life and how to dress but i think that for me personally like i can't commit to like one version of myself because i'm so many things so it's like when i wear stuff i want to make sure that i buy stuff that can outlast the phases of my Pinterest boards where I want to have a certain look one day and then another the next. I need a lot of like sturdy basics because I love wearing solid colors and I think that that helps like emphasize my natural beauty. That's just where I'm at right now. Um, And then I like to have a few statement pieces for like some days where I really show out, I guess. And just knowing how to like pick pieces with intention that I can style in several different ways or wear in several different contexts because I need jeans that I can take a nap in or wear to bed because sometimes I do go to sleep in jeans. I know, Um, I don't go to sleep in socks ever, but sometimes I will just fall asleep in jeans. So I'll wanna buy jeans that I feel comfortable sleeping in or like you just have, you end up in a bunch of different situations. So having you know, layers that you really like and hoodies and jackets that you feel extra comfy in. Um, Because I get into this thing where if I don't like my options, then I will just wear one or two things like every day. Not because it's what I want to, but it's what I feel like is best for me at the moment, which I guess is fine. We have those natural phases, but um, it's, it's not who I want to be necessarily. So just, you know, dressing is how I feel has become more important to me. And yeah, I think figuring that out has been pretty good. And also figuring out what I want to wear to college because 
in college there won't be a dress code and I can be a lot more free and experimental to some degree. Um, not always in professional settings, but that's also very arbitrary. And at times it's like, you know, classist and sexist seeing um, what's seen as like professional or not, and especially with like lengths and like style choices and everything. Just like that's a whole other ballpark of a conversation that's very frustrating. But I think that style right now has been really fun. And not to flex, not to brag, but I got named best dressed for yearbook. And so that really made me happy because I do like fashion. And when I was five in kindergarten, we had a little career day, picture day. And I sat next to the sewing machine and I said that when I grow up, I want to be a fashion designer. I don't know how to sew, but I the industry is still something that shows up um, in like my life and my hobbies kind of often. And I like to keep up with different concepts and trends and ideas. Um, not necessarily participate in all of them, but just to know what's going on and how that really reflects the culture is something that's so cool to me and like a dream little job or internship would be to work on a publication for a little bit, maybe coordinate outfits or just write on things because I do love to write. And I really don't know where I'm headed, at least with my early career down the road. I'm definitely thinking of law or even perhaps medicine. But um, I think that fashion is something that really reflects people in such a cool way. Because, like, who woke up one day and said we had to wear clothes? I mean, people in cold climates, I guess. But the way that we took the idea and ran with it and how we assigned so much meaning to different pieces of clothes is so cool. Um, and that's definitely something I want to study more in. Just the politics of fashion. Um, but also the fun of it. Because um, although there's a lot of yeah there's a lot <laughs> and I'm already 42 minutes in so I think I am gonna move on but let me just say there's a lot um to get into there's so many sides and nuances and things that are very simple and things that are very complex um but yeah if you have any recommendations for clothing or looks that you want to see me in please let me know because I will take your suggestions. And if you know where to buy any sage green shirts, please tell me because I've been looking for a sage green top for the past two weeks. I went to two malls, um, one last Sunday and then one um, on Saturday this past weekend and I couldn't find any sage green shirts. So if you know where to find a sage green shirt, please let me know. Or even matcha green. Although sage is preferable, I will also accept matcha green. <laughs> this is kind of a cry for help. It's really not a joke anymore, but um, thank you for that. Um, I think I'd like to end with some of my current obsessions, some of my um, March favorites for now. I think that was one of my favorite YouTube things when I was younger, seeing what people's favorites were, especially from like Zoella, um, etc. You know the vibes. 
I think right now my current favorites are saying bestie, calling people bestie. Um, I call my mom bestie and it makes me so happy because uh, she is my best friend. And I mean, it really started with Ani because Ani will call me bestie and like I'm bestie Tyler and she's bestie Ani. And it's super cool to just say bestie because it's very lighthearted and it's just it's a sweet term of endearment because there's no gender specification necessarily i mean the feminine can be implied perhaps but i don't think it necessarily is like very explicitly a feminine term of endearment such as like sweetie or honey necessarily or baby like those are different um so bestie is super fun and i also have been currently obsessed with one tree hill the cw show it's on hulu and it used to be on Netflix in America. It might still be on like Canadian Netflix or Netflix in other countries abroad. Um, but I think it's so lovely. And I'm currently on season four. It's messy. Um, but it's very digestible messiness because it's like teenagers in North Carolina. And oh, I've got to keep an eye on the clock because the max recording time is 60 minutes. Good to know. Um, but I am wrapping up soon anyways. Another current obsession of mine is British rap. Uh. Excuse me. <laughs> oh my gosh, where are my manners? You know what? I'm comfortable because it's just a bodily function and people get way too dramatic when it comes to burping. And I said excuse me, so I'm excused. Anyways, British rap is another current obsession of mine because there's so much like angst and like umph and like fierceness when they rap and when they spit when they talk like this and like i think it's just really cool because rap culture in england it didn't necessarily originate in england because hip-hop is like you know more so american bred but i think it's cool how it's um, bled over to England and they have a sound that's very crisp and fresh and the slang is funny because it's not the same as American slang. So I've been enjoying myself some British rap. Um, yeah, that's it for today. I think I definitely want to do this again because this is a little bit of a rough draft for me. I've never recorded something for this long I don't know if I've talked this straight consecutively or consistently in a long time because I've found myself in more of like a quiet mode lately or like more of a listener um, unless I'm in therapy, you know. And so just, you know, everyone stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to me. Um, have a great day, night, wherever you are listening to this. And take care. Bye.